This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you're taking notes, I'm going to go really fast because we got a lot to cover tonight. We're going to learn about what God says about how he uniquely made us. Then we're going to learn about some history about personality styles. And then guess what? You're going to take a little quiz, a little test that'll determine. Um, it's a very basic test, but it'll help you determine what your personality style is so that you can understand where you're at on what we're teaching. All right, so let's go through. We're going to read um, some of this. And um, God's greatest gifts to us are people and relationships. You're never going to find anything more important to the heart of God than people and relationships. Look at Jesus. When Jesus was on the earth, it wasn't just about him, no, let me go over and study. Every time someone came up to him, you know what? He had time for them. He never said, you're bothering me, I don't like you, your personality gets on my nerves. That wasn't what Jesus said. Jesus always welcomed people. So that's what life is all about. The most important things are people and relationships. So we're going to go on this adventure and we're going to learn about the different uh, personalities. Think about the disciples right now. And I'm going to give you some examples from the disciples There were a lot of differences in the disciples, weren't there? Yes, when you think about Peter, what what all Peter did, he was, we'll talk about what personality style he is. I mean, when Jesus, they came to get Jesus in the garden and Peter grabs the sword and cuts the guy's ear off. Jesus is like, no, 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 Peter, quit being impulsive, quit being emotional. He was a certain personality type. Then you had the apostle John and it said he was the, the disciple that Jesus loved and he was just sweet and kind, very very steady. Then you had someone like the apostle Paul, who he was, man, he was a driver. He was killing the Christians first. And then when he had his experience with God, then he went completely the opposite. And that guy made things happen. But it was, there's different personality styles. And I look at all of you out there and I see lots of differences in personalities. So, um, let's look at Matthew chapter 22, excuse me. Yes. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to read verses 37 through 40. I'm going to go really fast through here. I'm going to have a new living up here on the screen for you. Someone came up to Jesus and they said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So all the 600 and something laws that were in the Old Testament are now two. What's the first one? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. How can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself who God made you? And that's what we're going to talk about, how God made each one of us different. Okay, quick, turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. 
And we're going to read verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. This is again Jesus saying, A new command I give to you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, by what? This love we have, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So why do we study personality? So we can love others and we can love ourselves. That's why we've got to learn about this. Because otherwise, sometimes we grow up and we think, I am totally unlovable. I, am, I don't understand myself. Or we think that about other people and we're like, I don't understand them. And I certainly don't like them, much less love them. But as we see from the word of God, love is the most important thing that God has. And the more we can love and understand ourselves, the better our relationships are going to be. Like Pastor Stormy said, you guys don't know. If you've been here for a while, you might have heard. We got married very young. I was 17 years old, just graduated high school. He was the, you know, old, really mature age of 20. And we got married And a year later, we had our first child, our daughter, and um, we had gone to Bible school in that first year. We didn't have any money. It was terrible. And we were totally different personalities. Let me tell you, it took a lot of years for us to really um, appreciate the differences that God had for us. So if you look at, man, my spouse is really weird, or my mom or my dad or my kids, they're really weird and I don't understand them. That's why we're going to try to get some understanding so we can love better. That's what God's called us to do in his word. All right. And then the last scripture we're going to read for right now is Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bible, turn over there to Romans chapter 12. This is another good one. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if he has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. How many of you have been through our partnership class here at the church? This is our theme scripture that we go over in partnership, that we're all many parts of one body. So some of you may look like the thumb. Some of you may be the elbow. Some of you may be the knee. We're all these different parts. And if one part is missing, if one part isn't doing its job, what God has called him to, then it hurts the whole body. It's just like, have you ever hurt your thumb? And then you don't want to use it. Have your, you try to pick things up without your thumb. It's not easy. Okay? So we need every single one of you to be a part of the body of Christ and be functioning where God has called you to be. And a lot of that is understanding this is how God made me. And this is what I'm called to do within this personality style that he's made me, that he's given to me. 
All right? So um, there are contributing factors to this behavioral style or your personality. So I'm going to tell you, there's a couple of contributing factors. The first thing that determines your personality is heredity or genetics, okay? Um, how God made you. You were born with this. That's the first thing is you're born. How many of you chose to be born? None of you. How many of you chose your parents? None of you. There is, there was heredity, genetics. You were born to a family. Didn't have a choice. You were born a certain way. God did that. He says um, in Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before you were born. While you were still in your mother's womb, he was knitting us together. And don't ever think, no, I was a mistake. They didn't want me. Um, I was an accident or I was, uh, I saw a show the other night and this girl was a product of a rape. And it doesn't change that God still created that life. And he has a plan and a purpose for that. So the first contributing factor to form this personality you, ha you have is genetics or your heredity. The second one is role models. And this is generally up to the age of 12. So these are the people in your life that shape you. Think about your years before the age of 12. The people that you were around, really, your parents, first of all. Then you had siblings. You had extended family. You, some of you may have had a babysitter that you were with a lot. Teachers and then friends. All those things can shape your personality as well. Sometimes for good, sometimes for really bad. And again, before the age of 12, you really don't have a lot of choice in the matter. It's kind of what's put on you. So these role models shape your personality. The third th uh, contributing factor that shapes you are your experiences and this is generally after the age of eight. I think that before the age of eight, I mean, again, it's really hard to remember anything. I don't know about y'all, but I have like one or two, three memories maybe before the age of eight. But those experiences um, that generally are after the age of eight, those significant life events, they shape you. And again, sometimes that's really good. Sometimes it's bad things, but we can still allow God. It's that whole Romans 8. He can take what Satan meant for evil and turn it into good in our lives. So those are the three things that shape your personality. But how many of you are born again? How many of you have asked Jesus to come into your heart? If you have, raise your hand. Then you have number four. Number four is the Holy Spirit. Because when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we get a measure of the Holy Spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he helps us. That's one of his names, is the Holy Spirit is our helper. So the Holy Spirit can help shape our personality. And I will tell you, I need the Holy Spirit. Because with my personality style, I need him to shape off and kind of shave those rough edges off. Because maybe some life experiences, maybe some friends that did, did some shaping that wasn't very positive. So the Holy Spirit. So historically, you may say, is this something new that you're, you just came up with about personalities? 
It's not. How many of you ever heard of a guy named Hippocrates? Very ancient scholar. This was 400 BC. So 400 years before Christ came on the earth. Okay? So 2,400 years at least ago, this guy named Hippocrates started classifying personality types. You probably have heard these. He classified them as choleric, sanguine, uh, phlegmatic, and melancholy. Very hard words. I'm glad. We're going to learn an easier system than those words. But he classified those. Then through the years, there were different people that studied personalities. Um, The next one we're going to talk about is William Marston, and he was a professor at Columbia University. He developed this model we're going to talk about, and it's called DISC. How many of you can remember DISC? That's all you have to remember. You don't have to remember those big words like phlegmatic, okay? You can just remember DIS or C, the DISC model. This guy came up with this in the 1920s, all right? So people with similar styles, okay, these four similar styles, D-I-S-C, people with similar styles tend to exhibit behaviors in ways common to that style, okay? They have commonalities in it. People are different. Every one of us is different. There's not one person that is exactly the same. Even identical twins, if you've known any and you're like, I can't tell them apart, there's still differences in them. So there are, God's made us unique, but within the personality styles, there are observable common behaviors that we can classify people into four main categories. No, we're all a blend of those four. You may have two that are really strong or three or maybe just the one. And so, and a lot of that is by those four things that have shaped our personalities. It's going to look different for each one of us. But there are no good or bad personality styles. So you may say, man, I want to be that style. You don't get to choose, okay? Just like you didn't get to choose being born, you don't get to choose your personality style. Some people try to force that on you and say, you're going to be this way. Especially women, that gets forced on a lot of women from domineering uh, either a, a father or maybe a husband or a boyfriend. Sometimes they try to, to force you to be a certain way. But listen, you cannot change who God made you. This is who he made you. You can work on your weaknesses. And that's one reason we're going to study this because all of us have strengths and all of us have weaknesses. But you cannot change how God made you. All right, so we're going to go on. So when we understand ourselves, we can maximize our strengths. So the things we're really good at, let's maximize those and let's minimize our weaknesses. Okay? How many of y'all like to work out of your weaknesses? You got a job and it's, you're terrible at this skill, but they say, Randy, let's, I want you to do this job. Does that make you feel fulfilled? No, we want to work out of our strengths, things that we're really good at. And so understanding these personalities will help us to really get in and work on our strengths and minimize those weaknesses. We'll never get rid of them because you know what? We're sinners in the fallen world and none of us are perfect. And some of you are going to learn about those perfectionistic tendencies tonight. 
that some of us have. We're never going to be perfect, but we can work on ourselves. And I'm going to talk about, give you a very brief synopsis of those four styles, okay? I did want to read to you and remind you, you can't change who God made you. God has made you exactly the way he wanted to, and he loves you just like that. Here's his proof, Psalm 139 and verse 14. The NIV says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I am the workmanship of God, and he made me wonderfully. The New Living Translation says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. The message says, body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. That's what God thinks of us. What a creation we are. He created us exactly the way we are. So people have different styles in different places. So how you plotted yourself tonight, this is home. It will look different at work school. It could look different at church. Some of you put on your church face when you come in and you act a certain way at church. So it can look different in whatever setting that you're in. All right. People are different, but they're predictably different. We can predict how people are going to act according to these four styles. All right. So here's the styles. Here's the four up here. And I'm going to go through really quick and talk about each one. All right? So the D personality, just because it comes first, we're going to talk about it first. Um, How many of you now, again, first of all, I'm going to have you raise your hand if that was your highest number, if D was. Okay, now. Go ahead and put your hand down. I'm going to talk about it. Because this test is so basic, that's a little bit inaccurate. Let me tell you why. Because statistically, there's only 3% of the population that are true D. Some of you probably have D in you. And at home, you may have to be a D, okay, because of the other people you're around. But statistically, only 3% of the population are D. It stands for dominance, okay? This describes someone who is direct, decisive, competitive, and aggressive. A problem solver, a risk taker, and a self-starter. Now, if you look up here, where is the D? See, there's four quadrants. The D is in the active and outgoing. So they're very active. They're not, they're not sitting. They're very, very much active and they're very outgoing towards people. Okay. The D loves the goal, whatever the goal is, man, you give a D a goal. That's what they love. They're going to meet that goal. They are very strong and very intense. Have you ever met someone like that? You're like, wow, they're really intense strong personality. When you are in a crisis, you need the D because in crisis, the D thinks 
reacts very quickly and can make decisions quickly in crisis. So you need a D personality when there's a crisis. Some examples of the D in history. This will help you to identify with a personality style. Colin Powell. Martha Stewart. A famous one in the news every day now. Donald Trump. Martin Luther King Jr. Condoleezza Rice. And in the Bible, it would have been the Apostle Paul. That's the D. The motto of the D, if they had a motto, it would be, if it's worth doing, or let me take that back. It's worth doing if we can do it fast. Because they're very active, they don't like to mess around. You make a decision or I'll make it for you. That's what a D is, okay? That's the D. Let's go to the I personality over here on the top right. The I personality, the I stands for influence. If this was you, raise your hand. If this was your highest one. All right, influence. This describes someone who is enthusiastic, spontaneous, trusting, optimistic, persuasive, talkative, impulsive, emotional. They are talkers. They are active and outgoing. And look over here, they're on the people-oriented side. Okay? So they're very outgoing and they love people. The I loves people. They don't love the goal. They love people. They are interested in people. They love to talk. They are your best salespeople. Have you ever been in? You've gone to buy a car or somewhere and you're like, I really didn't even intend to buy today, but that they talked me into it. They're probably an I personality. They're very persuasive. Um, they like to be the center of attention. Okay? They're the life of the party. I personality children will go to school and tell their teacher everything that happened at home. Even when you tell them not to. Because they like to talk. Some examples in history. I saw this guy on Jimmy, Fer Jimmy Fallon the other night and I was like, yep. Will Farrell. He's an I. Bill Clinton, Lucille Ball, Muhammad Ali, Robin Williams, and from the Bible would have been the Apostle Peter. Very impulsive, liked to talk a lot. His mouth got him in trouble a lot of times. Not saying anything about anyone in here. The I motto would be, it's worth doing as long as we can talk while we're doing it. My grandson is like this. We were in the car one day, and Stormy's like, okay, Cade had talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. Stormy's like, we're going to play the quiet game. He's like, no more talking. Cade's like, wait, but, but Poppy, I need to ask. Nope, no talking. But, but Poppy, I need to know. That they need to talk. Okay, that's the I. The S personality, the bottom right, that means steadiness. How many of you, the S was your highest? This should have been the most of you because 69% of the population are S personality. This describes someone who is stable, steady, secure. They're a good listener, a team player, possessive, predictable, understanding, and friendly. The S loves security. They want to feel secure. They are peaceful, dependable, 
and good listeners. They are also loyal and true and will sympathize with you. They love to save because they're thinking it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Some examples in history are Mother Teresa, Oprah Winfrey, Barbara Walters, Andy Griffith, Mr. Rogers, and in the Bible, the Apostle John. The motto of the S, it's worth doing as long as we can do it together. That's the motto of the S. The last one, the C personality. So the bottom left, C personality means compliance. Raise your hand if this is your highest. Compliance. 17% of the population are a C, okay? How many of you already knew that number? The C's probably had already figured that out from the other uh, percentages that I had given. So they're in agony from me having to tell them to raise their hand because they don't like a lot of attention. They're not in the people-oriented category. They're in the task-oriented. They're also passive. They, um, they can be described as correct, cautious, accurate, analytical, conscientious, careful, precise, creative, meticulous, and systematic. They are perfectionistic, and, but can also be creative. They are orderly and organized, probably because they love systems and they love lists. Any of you list makers out there? And they love to analyze things. Some examples in history, Tiger Woods, Alan Greenspan, Bill Gates, Mr. Spock, and Albert Einstein, and from the Bible would have been the writer of the book of Luke. The C motto is, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. They like everything right. Yes, the C's are shaking their heads. Yes, they agree with that. Here's a side note for the C. This is the only personality like this. It has two sides. The C can either be the very task-oriented C these are your uh, accountants. These are your number people. These are people, they are just, they like numbers and they like things like that. You also have the creative side of the sea. This is your musicians, singers, composers, okay? That's the other part of the sea. We're almost done here. So those are the four personality styles. If you go up to... Uh, an elevator, okay, you walk up to an elevator, guess what the D personality would do? You go up to wait at the elevator, they just start pushing the button. Then they push the button again. Doesn't come, they push the button again. They push it again. Then they just start hitting it. Hurry up because they're in a hurry. The I personality goes up to the elevator. They forget to push the button. You know why? Because they're talking to everybody around them. Then they get on the elevator with the D personality, he's like, hurry up. And he's like pushing the button to get it to go ahead and close. And they're like, oh, wait, no, somebody else is coming. How are you? And they're talking. The S personality, they're just peaceful, waiting. Yeah, sure. Everybody can get on. Yes, there's more room for everyone. The C personality, you know where they are in the elevator? 
You're standing as close to that little sign as reading how many pounds that elevator will take. And they are analyzing everyone's weight. I wonder if it's too heavy, if we can add any more weight. So there's four different personality styles. The next four weeks, we're going to take each one of those and we're going to talk about them in depth. I just gave you a very little bit. But remember our scripture. Why are we studying the personality styles? In John chapter 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this love, everyone will know that we are God's disciples. Let's pray. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would just birth in us a new love for ourselves, God, and how you made us. Father, I pray that you would birth in each one of our hearts a love for the people around us, Lord, whether that's our family whether that's our coworkers, our boss, God, our school mates, Father, whoever it is, Lord, I ask that you just birth a new love and appreciation for the wonderful creation that you have made each one of us, Lord. And we just give you our hearts, we give you our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.